Thanks for listening to this sermon podcast from Pleasant Hill Baptist Church in Somerset, Kentucky. Please make sure to visit us online at phbcsomerset.com. I'm excited to be here today, humbled, humbled and excited to be here today to share God's word with you. If you have your Bibles, if you turn to John chapter 5, John chapter 5, we're going to be in uh, John chapter 5, the first eight verses. Uh, and um, I, I love this passage, but I want to I want to first um, kind of kind of uh, break it down for you as we read um, in John. Uh, he says, sometime later, sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there was a there. Now there was in Jerusalem near uh, the sheep gate a pool, uh, which in Aramaic is called Bethsaida, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie. The blind, the lame, and the paralyzed. I want to stop there for a second. As we read this passage, we, we really kind of need to look at that situation. Um, as uh, as Jesus walks up to this pool, and it was it was a common pool in Bethsaida. If you if you look up the the history of it, the the um, the legend or the history was that periodically, typically during the feast time, uh, that, that there was a story that. Angels would come down and would stir the waters. And when the waters were stirred, whether it would bubble or stir, that at that moment, the first person to get in the water would be healed. Um, so it's important to, to realize as they walk up to this, it's, it's if you will, a, a pool, a fairly small pool, but it, it was surrounded by uh, a nice pavilion, if you would. Matter of fact, this is five colonnades. Now think about that. Five little porches off of this pool. Kind of a cool little setting, right? Well, why would you have uh, porches, if you would? Uh, it's because, again, uh, they would gather around. These porches were full of people. Now, what I want to do first off is kind of, as we talked about in the youth this morning, I want to talk about the elephant in the room. Most of you have been in Sunday school your whole life or part of your life. You've heard some of these stories from the pulpit. And I have to say it's humbling, as Corey would say, to stand up here and to share. Because we've all heard stories in the Bible about people uh, who came to Jesus and Jesus healed them, whether they were blind or lame or deaf or, or leprosy, whatnot, Jesus would heal them. And that, that is, that's exciting to sit in your pew and, and, and to hear those stories and to get excited. The reality is, as we stand up here and share God's word with you and we, we, we re kind of go through those, there are faces that come to mind. There are loved ones, there are people that you love dearly that are sick, they are lame. They were born with some infirmity of some kind and there's not really going to be a, a, right, there's not going to be a miracle for them. As I look through my youth, I've, I've had youth in my, in my presence and in, in the congregation or, or adults and, and I, as I read these passages, sometimes I want to stop for a second and say, God, they're going to look at me and say, where's my healing, Danny? Where's mine? I've been in church. I've been here all the time. I love Jesus. And my road is getting long. My road is getting hard and heavy. It's not fair. It's not fair. And I would say that, God, that Jesus would say, that's right. 
It's not fair. It was never his plan. So I want to talk about, the, I guess, briefly, the elephant in the room because it's not fair. Matter of fact, I don't know if you've ever stopped to think just for a second that Jesus picked this man out of the, the five colonnades of people. And sometimes as a church, we'll stop and say, oh, well, we can't do it for them. Well, we have to do it for everybody. Well, that's, Jesus didn't do it for everybody. And if you, if you spend all your time trying to make everything fair, you're going to do less and less and less. Jesus did well for what he did. And we don't, we don't blame him. Go, wait a minute, what about all the other people he didn't heal? He doesn't just necessarily pick and choose. It's not about nice or, or not nice. So we do the best we can as a church to love on others. And not, now there, and yes, at times it's going to seem unfair. But Jesus picked this man out of the crowd. And um, he saw him. 38 years. He was born. He was 38 years was not able to walk. It makes me think of the stories we shared in the youth about the, uh, the man that, that Jesus walks up on. It's, it's actually a couple of chapters later in John. And he walks up on the man and says, John 9 says, um, well, I'll read it for you. It says, as he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither the man nor his parents have sinned, Jesus said. But this has happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. Now, we, you won't even stop there. Because sometimes we want to keep reading because we go, oh, he said he's actually going to, he's, he's blind so that God can heal him and God can get his praise. He's not healed yet. Jesus says this man was born blind so that the, that the uh, glory of God might be shine bright. God shines bright in our infirmities. Many of you have heard David Ring. Have you ever heard David Ring? Uh, born with cerebral palsy. And he, he has about three sermons. He's, he's, he's been around the world. Thousands of people come to know Jesus. And he will stand up here kind of deformed, limp. And his phrase is, I have cerebral palsy. What's your problem? And it's kind of tongue-in-cheek. But you got to appreciate his heart. you got to appreciate his heart in that thousands of people have come to know him through his infirmity. He may have been a decent preacher. We don't know. He may have never preached in one sermon if he was born normal. And yet he has this huge platform. I've been to youth events where there's this guy named, well, they call him No Limbs Nick. He was born with no legs and no arms. He, he's, he's probably tripled what David Ring ever saw. He's been around the world and he's given more hugs with no arms than anybody ever. And he shares the gospel. Powerful, powerful speaker. Powerful speaker. Again, would have never had that platform if he had been born normal. Many times God said, I, I want to use you where you are. Infirmities and all. Matter of fact, some of you are friends with others in this room because you both had, a, had an illness. You both had a sickness. You both had something. You were sitting around and somebody said, well, I have, oh, I do too. I can't eat that either. I, or I had some, you'll hear somebody say, boy, my in-laws drive me crazy. And then it's like, it's like, me too. And all of a sudden, you're best friends. You're over here talking about in-laws, right? No offense to in-laws. But we do. We, we find those people that, oh, wow, you struggle there too. Me too. And God says, I want to use that. 
I want to use that. So I don't want to make light of the elephant in the room. Whether you're here via video or you're here in this room and you're hurting, I want to speak to that this morning. You may not be healed this side of glory. You may be. God still does those things. But in the meantime, what do we do? What do we do? This man's situation, that's my first thing. His situation is that he's, he's sitting around a pool with five porches, people all around him, and, and they're, they're, they're beating him into the water every time. And he's getting more and more frustrated. That was his situation. And maybe you're here today going, I'm frustrated in my circumstance, Brother Danny. The, the road is a lot longer and harder than I ever thought it would be. I didn't think I'd be here this stage of my life. I thought I'd be here. Disappointment happens. We have a situation, each one of us. But I love, I love this next, next passage, passage six, five. Uh, it's the assurance. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him, everybody say saw. Saw. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time. See, Jesus sees you. Maybe, maybe that's the only thing you need to hear this morning, but that, that's not, I don't want you to take that light. But he sees you. Jesus sees you. He hurts for you. And the fall of man, fall of man was not his plan. He created the Garden of Eden, everything to be good and great. We introduce sin. We introduce sin every day into our life. And the consequences of sin rolls down generation to generation. I remember being a young man in a Sunday school class going, wait a minute, you mean I've got to pay for my great-great-grandfather's choices? My teacher was like, well, I guess that's kind of what it said. How many of y'all been to the doctor lately, right? That first page they give you? Has anyone in your family ever had diabetes, cancer? It's like, oh, man. It's like, oh, those, those boxes get checked more and more every year, right? Oh, my goodness. I'm, I'm 45 years old, and I've never smoked a cigarette in my life. My dad was a pack-a-day guy since I was 10 years old. Guess what? I have that gene. I have that mutated gene. Now, when the doctors looked at me, usually they would look and go, Hey, dude's never smoked a day in his life. He's clean. No, 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 wait a minute. His dad. See, that's the introduction of sin in a nutshell. I have that gene and I had that sin gene back from Adam and Eve. I just have it. And it wasn't God's plan. It wasn't His plan at all. But we hurt. And He sees us in our pain. He sees us in our need. He sees you today. Whatever situation you're in, He sees you. Next one is the question. First is our situation. Second is our assurance. Third is the question. He asked Him, do you want to get well? I think that's kind of funny. I don't know about you, that's, that's almost like, what? Um, we had this joke in my family. My wife says, I should never, ever, ever, ever do this. She's cringing. She's wondering what I'm about to say. But uh, I had an uncle, and he was, um, he was that uncle. You all have him. Anyway, if you don't have one, you're that guy. But he was the uncle that, as we would sit around, we would all be talking, he would pick up his, his, uh, his tea glass, still talking, and he would rattle it. And she'd come running, and she'd fill his tea glass. My wife says, see what happens if you rattle your glass. I may just miss that cup. 
But the question is, it's like, it's so obvious. It's like a rattling tea glass. Oh, I need, oh, well. But I love that Jesus asked the question, do you want to be well? And some of us in here, we have to stop for a moment. You would think, oh, sure, sure, brother. I want to be well. Why wouldn't you? I remember as a teenager going through some pretty dark depression. And as much as I I didn't like it, it became an identity to me. There was almost a comfort in it. I reflected it in the music I listened to, the things I kind of surrounded myself with. And even though I wanted out of it, it became a kind of a, a blanket of comfort around me. There's been times in my life that, that I was surrounded by sin. I'd stepped into a sin trap. Satan had me on the ropes. And I was like, oh, God, I don't want to be here. He's like, really? You really don't want to be there? I've given you several outs. I kind of don't want to be here. I heard a preacher say one time, he said, if you've ever heard sin is not fun, he said, you hadn't tried it, right? Problem is, sin has a cost to pay. It is. Sin has a season. It has a season that is fun, it has an excitement, but there's a cost to pay. There's a cost to pay. In the Good Samaritan, not the Good Samaritan, in the, in the prodigal son, Jesus uh, tells a story. As a matter of fact, I love that story because it's one of the few stories that he says, let me tell you about my daddy. And by the way, you're a daddy too. But the best line in that story to me, there's many really good ones, is when he said, and when he came to his senses, when he had that slap on the back of the head, when he, when he came to his senses, and he said, well, how many of my father's hands have plenty to eat, right? He had fun. Sin had its season. Then his belly growled, and then the cost came. And sometimes we have to wake up. Sometimes we have to wake up and go, I'm tapping out. I'm done. I'm over. Check, please. I think I'm done with sin. Maybe you're done. Maybe you have to suffer a little more. I've been there. So the question is, do you want to get well? Today can be that day that you come to your senses, that you can go, I want to get well. I want to get well. Next is the obstacle. Sir, verse 7, Sir, the, uh, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes ahead of me. We all have excuses. We all have things that we stop and we go, you know what, that was pretty hard. I don't think I can do this. You know, I don't know if God can do this. And we, we have all these obstacles in our ways or obstacles, depends how you talk to. What's in your way? What's standing between you and getting better? Nine times out of ten, it's pride. You understand that? That pride thing? Because the pride thing keeps us from, from saying, uh, I need help. The pride thing says, I don't, I don't have a problem, real, a, really a problem. I, don't, I mean, I need to get bell. Yeah, I need to like people. Well, it's not that big a deal. Pride stands in the way of saying, uh, I've messed up. I need out. I tell you, the, um, this is an embarrassing story about me. But it's the truth. 
when I was, uh, when I, me and Miss Stephanie was dating, she came to my house one day and she walked through my house and she looked over and she said, why is your computer unplugged? And I said, when I can't control what I look at on the internet, then it gets unplugged for a week. And then the next time's a month and then maybe we won't have a computer. And I remember thinking, my wife, my girlfriend, I thought she's going to run. I go, oh, my goodness, <laughs> I'm dating the crazy guy. Or he says, oh, my goodness. I thought she was going to, like, freak out. But I had to be willing to say, okay, if you freak out, you freak out. I'm just going to be honest. And I remember years later, we were married, and I asked her, I said, why, why didn't you hit the door? Like, oh, my goodness. She said, you know what? I know a lot of other guys in my life that struggle in those ways, and they don't take any precaution i've got i've got accountability friends that we talk to i've got filters i take it seriously but it's a struggle and i have uh when we left um, um jackson I, one of the guys asked me i said i'm looking forward to have a lunch and they said well great i said no you understand in jackson i've got about 12 guys that i rotate through we do lunch all the time and these guys not all of them but a lot of them will, will sit down and I look him face to face, so how are you doing on the internet? He says, thanks for asking. And I remember talking to him, he said, you know what, you're the only person I've ever spoke to about that. And I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, to be honest, he said, I, no one had ever shown me their struggle. And I thought, as soon as I tell somebody, they're going to run. See, that's pride. We don't need to glorify sin by any shape, form, or fashion. But we need to be real. We need to be real with one another so we can show our, 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 our struggles and that we can walk side by side with someone else. What's your obstacle? What's holding you back? Taking that next step. Verse 8, Then Jesus said to him, Get up, take up your mat and walk. And once the man uh, was cured, he picked up his mat and he walked. Don't you think about that. Now, I've blown through that passage several times, and all I hear is, he was, he was healed. The end, preacher gets done with the sermon. Let's go home and feel better about it. That's a good point. The man was healed. There were others around him that didn't get healed. But he was healed. He got past his pride. He was willing to say, I need help. He stepped forward. He was willing to do whatever God said. And Jesus healed him. Now, this is my final point. So tune in. This is, my, my, this is my, my favorite point. This is a point that I missed for years as I read this lesson. Jesus said, arise and what? Arise and walk and do what else? Pick up your mat. He's not talking about housekeeping here. Why in the world would Jesus say, pick up the mat? Why? Was it just because it would be clutter? Somebody may trip over? I don't think so. Matter of fact, it's not the only time. When you hear the story about the man that's lowered down through the, through the roof, and, and they lowered him on that, he says, pick up your mat and walk. But Jesus says, pick up your mat and go home. What was that mat a symbol of? It's where he'd been for the last 38 years. It's probably nasty. Been on many dirt roads, and he's sitting there sweating on it, and this... It's a nasty, nasty mat. Every day he got up, 
Somebody helped him with his mat, and they helped him out, and they set the mat down, and he laid on his mat, and he waited for someone to give him money. But Jesus says, pick up that nasty, filthy mat and go home. I can't help but think. I can't help but think. Flash forward a year or two down the road. I can't help but think. There's this guy that God has set him free. He's walking. He's got a job now. He's maybe married with a kid. And somebody's coming home with him after church Sunday. And they're going to eat. And they walk in their house. He said, what is that nail to your wall? He goes, what do you mean? That nasty mat, like in this nice house, what's that? He goes, oh, that's right. You didn't know me when. He says, what? He says, that's right. You, came, you moved here last year. Believe it or not, for 38 years, I laid on that mat, and I couldn't walk. And that's where I lived for 38 years. But then there was this man named Jesus. Let me tell you what he did. No way. Yes, that's what he did. He healed me. And I put it up there. Every day I walk by, I go, thank you, Jesus. Because you not just heal my legs, you heal my heart. Each of us in here has a mat. You have something in your in your past, something that you're that most anyone else will be ashamed of. And God says, "That's your mat. That's your testimony. Don't hide it." There could be someone next to you in the pew that are struggling the same way. They're going down for the count. They have pride gripping them, and they just see one person go stand up and go. I struggle with that too. I hurt with that too. I had a young man in my last church that had colon issues. And the doctor goes to him and says, we're going to have to do a colostomy. And I remember, I remember um, when they, it was like kind of hush-hush kind of deal. We had a young man come from the back and he says, can I talk to you? He said, I've lived, and he said, yeah. He said, I've had one for 17 years. No one had a clue. No one had a clue. But see, that was, that was his mat. That's what he picked up and carried every day. And he gave him hope. Now we have a teenager that is not going, my life is over, I'll never be able to. He goes, no, 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 no. Dude, I, I go rafting, I, I coach softball and this is what I do and, and it's not really slowing me down I mean, it's, it's awkward and it's a little weird at times but, but there's life after it I promise you here's my mat this is what God did don't give up what's your mat today maybe you didn't share your testimony when's the last time you shared your testimony with someone around you it's precious. It may, it may seem like a, a, a weird tool that you hadn't got to use in a while. And God's going, no, 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 no. I've given you your tool, your mat, specifically for you. You're only responsible for using it for His glory. This has happened so that God's glory may be shown. You can become bitter or you can become better. Let Him use your story. Make it His story. Thanks for listening to this sermon podcast from Pleasant Hill Baptist Church. To learn more about the church, find out meeting times, or learn how to contact the pastor, please visit phbcsummerset.com.